Welcome to Strange Familiars. If you've seen something strange, like a cryptid, a ghost, a UFO, you have a story you want to tell on the show, you can email us, strangefamiliarspodcast at gmail.com. If you have a short story and you want to leave a message, you can call our voicemail line at 717-347-8554. If you get cut off, you can call back and continue your story. Right now I'm getting caught up on the interviews. I actually have some spaces where I can plug people in for interviews for the first time in months. But the quickest way to get us your story is to still call and leave it on the voicemail. 717-347-8554. I've entrapped you. <laughs> you have to come back now and talk about the photos every week. That was a pretty good, pretty good ploy. Actually, you trapped yourself because it was your idea. So Allison's back. How are you doing, Allison? I'm doing well. We introduced the Strange Familiars photo of the week last week. Pretty much a success. <laughs> the first one was the Merman of Aden, and Eric T won that photo. So thank you, Eric. Again, this is a great way to get a cool photograph or a photo postcard and to help the show while you're at it. We have an abundance of photos that will work for the Strange Familiars photo of the week. So it's really just trying to choose one each week. And this one that I thought long and hard about it, um, no, it was, I just got it and it's really cool and I haven't listed it anywhere else and I thought I would just pass it along. Yeah, we, we picked up some interesting photos in the past week. It's a real photo postcard, probably 20s era of, I'm assuming maybe Eastern Block morning photo, people gathered around a what looks to be um, a funeral celebration. There's a big ornate cross and there's a, a priest. It, it also it could be like a Greek Orthodox thing. The name on the back, it looks like, I mean, I, I don't know any Greek whatsoever, but I'm. it looks like the, the person's name might be Mortimer Corsus, maybe, or something maybe. like that. It, that might be Greek. But it has some identification. If you can look at it uh, under magnification, you this is a gravesite photo. Yeah, it's a gravesite uh, photo. And a funeral. For your funerary collectibles. Strange Familiar's photo of the week this week is a, we'll call it a graveside morning photograph. It's a great way to help the show, and you can get a cool collectible besides. We're going $16 plus postage on this, and I will put it up in the Strange Familiar's Etsy store. Before I decide that I want to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> You can see the picture in the show notes at strangefamiliars.com, and I will have links to the Strange Familiars Etsy. Likewise, there's always links in the show notes to our eBay store, where Allison has a ton of photographs, and Allison's Etsy, Odd Peacock as well, where she has even more photographs. And you, ha if you have a specific request, like be it subject matter, or regional, or whatever, you know, get in contact, and I'll try to find something. Yeah, we got lots of interesting stuff coming up, including some pretty dark stuff that I used to collect that I'd be willing to part with, some hanged people, and some creepy clowns, and other circus-related stuff. We got lots of cool stuff coming up for the photo of the week. We will continue this every week, and we'll have a different photo up every week. Now, this is a finite process. I can probably only go about 10,000 more weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll just be fresh out. <laughs> All right, tonight's show, we have B, who got me with this subject of her email, which came in that said, I slept with a ghost. That's a good way to get yourself to the top. <laughs> it's not as saucy as you, um, you might hope. but I mean, it might be more interesting to just be like, you want to... Watch some curb your enthusiasm, go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your preference? <laughs> if, if I have a random ghost visitor and I don't really know a lot about his or her particular background, you know. Mm -hmm. Curb you your enthusiasm and sleep. Yeah. Okay. It's a good story. She also talks about precognitive dreams, something which sounds like the nightmare creature that we've had on other episodes. Uh, hers is a little bit different, but it sounds a lot like it. A static entity and more. Let's go ahead and talk to B. Okay, tonight we are talking with B, who has some stories to tell us. 
And we're going to start with a strange little ghost story, right? Yes. Yes, very strange. When and, and where did this happen? And you can be as general or specific as you want with that. Okay. I think it was like 2010. Um, well, I'll tell you this much. I live in Idaho. And so it was in a, a town that we went to a winter festival at. And someone had their grandparents' cabin. And so there was a lot of us sleeping in this cabin. And there was a, there were some bedrooms downstairs. And upstairs was like an A-frame old school cabin. And it had, you know, like the ladder that almost killed you to get up there. Right. And there were several beds. And there was also like stackable mattresses, um, you know, like in case they had more people, just pull more down. So we come back and everybody goes to bed and there was my son and someone else's son and then a couple on the one side and there was, I believe, one other person um, on the same side as me. There was one window, a normal size window in the cabin up in the, in the top of the A-frame. And um, so it was a larger A-frame. So we all go to sleep. It's cold. It's winter. And um, a lot of people. And I, somewhere in the middle of the night, I felt someone lay down in the bed beside me. And I was on, like, probably a full-size mattress. And I had my blanket over me because I took my own blanket. And I was laying there, and I, I reached my hand back. I was laying on my left side. And I reached my hand back over and I felt and it felt to me like someone's cold jeans from coming in from the cold and I thought oh they're cold you know should I put my blanket over and I thought no no they're staying on their own side of the bed I'll just go to sleep they're not hurting anything go to sleep so as soon as light starts coming in um I start wondering what this who this is and I'm looking, I know it's a man, but all of the colors were like greens, like army green to dark. It didn't have any, maybe like charcoal grays. So in that color range. And it didn't occur to me that even in shadows, you can see the skin tone of people's faces. But I was literally inches away from him trying to see his face. And I kept thinking, well, the sun's going to come in and I'm going to be able to see him better and I'm going to see who this is because he looked like my friend Rob, but I couldn't be sure. So the bathroom was in the cabin next door to us. And it was morning and I really had to go. So I um, climbed down. I figured, well, I waited as long as I can. I, I just really have to go. I even bent over him to reach into my bag to get a couple of my things out of my bag. And then I thought, oh, the saddle tip. And so I walked around. So I was all around him, inches within his face, looking at him. <laughs> and then so I finally went. I came back from the bathroom and climbed up the steps. And the room had full light in it. And my sweatpants that I had worn were um, laid across the bed as if no one had ever been on them and there was no one there and everyone was still asleep. Was there any impression in the sweatpants from that side of the bed as if someone had been laying there? Exactly. There wasn't. So I laid down and a little while I hear someone downstairs making noise and I hear said Rob yell up to his son something. And I'm like, oh, Rob's awake. That's what it is. It, it was Rob because he was the closest. He had a lot of hair and he had a beard and a mustache. And this is what this guy had. And so I thought, well, it had to have been Rob. Well, I heard him down there. And then when he finally spoke up to his son and I said, were you up here? And he said, no. I wouldn't, you wouldn't catch me climbing up those stairs for nothing. Like, oh, okay. And I sit there for a minute. I'm like, oh, he's just messing with me. 
So after I went downstairs and everyone was awake and stuff, I, I found myself just completely studying Rob's face. And he looks at me and he says, what is wrong with you? So I tell everyone what, you know, and a little while later, you know, it's winter. We're not going to go outside a whole lot. So we were laying down facing each other about, oh, I don't know, foot and a half apart. And I'm still studying his face. And he goes, okay, that's it. Let's go up there. So we go up there and he goes, show me how he's laying. And I showed him and his feet hit the wall. So his feet hit the wall. They were too high. So it's as if the person that laid down next to me was under another mattress. Oh, okay. Still. Okay. Because and, of the, the and, shape, the A-frame shape of the roof, there wasn't room for him to get his feet in, in other words. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So had he been a normal person of anyone in that house, a guy, they didn't fit there. That's so. weird. That was weird. Yeah. Strange. So yeah. what did anything else happen around that trip or, or around that cabin? Um, no, it was a large family's grandparents on the two cabins. So we did go down and of course it made a stir with those of us within the house because it just did. And the guy whose family it was, he said, well, I had a cousin and we looked through the, the, you know, they had their pictures up from their summer get togethers and he showed me his cousin and he did look quite a bit like that. So it could have been his cousin and that would have been natural for his cousin to be sleeping there and being there. When you reached back and touched this person, did they react in any way or, you know, react to you touching them? No. And he was laying on his back as if he had his arms folded at his waist in front of him. And the background behind him, I thought he had his own pillow and blanket because it looked like he had a pillow behind him. Do yeah. you know about what time he first came in, in at night? I don't know. We got done with the festival, probably the fireworks around. We probably came back about one thirty, milled around for just a little while maybe that late and then so we went to bed so and everyone was asleep at this point and I didn't hear anyone I didn't when I was on this mattress it was really wobbly because it was stacked ones mm -hmm. so it didn't he would have really wobbled it so I don't know what it was that made me realize someone was in bed it's not like I felt them climbing because it was just all of a sudden, you know, they were there. Right. But you could, and I knew you it could was feel his, when, when you touched his legs or his jeans or whatever, you could, it felt like a person. I didn't feel like, like legs or anything. I just felt like the cold dampness. Okay. And I put that off to be cold, wet, cold jeans from the outside winter. Mm-hmm. Because to me, that's what it felt like. Mm-hmm. Wow, so he was potentially there beside you for several hours. He was there beside me for several hours, yes. Yeah, that's wild. And isn't that weird? And so it, the things that did not occur to me, because your rational mind is trying to say, who is this? It's not saying, what is this? It didn't occur to me that he wasn't breathing, that he wasn't making breaths. He never moved. He just laid on his, like, plank-like on his back, like he was sleeping. Hmm. But he was lower than me, and it didn't, you know, that didn't register until after the fact, when I saw someone else laying there. So it's uh, almost so, as if he was laying in some other bed. Yes. Or, yes. I took it to mean that, that maybe he was sleeping on the mattress pile when it was lower. You know? Wow. Yeah, that's so weird. <laughs> yeah. And he didn't try and any funny didn't... business. Right? <laughs> that's, that's how I looked at it. I was like, well, because I, I was the first bed to the edge of the stairs. 
So if someone would have came in late from all of us and stumbling in and knowing the house at all, that was the first open bed. Mm-hmm. And I I didn't think it odd because, you know, but I wasn't going to share my blanket because I didn't want to snuggle with unsaid. I didn't know. Right, right. Oh, it's yeah. so odd. Like to think that if it's a ghost or whatever entity it was was sleeping too you know it's such a bizarre concept well here's something that that rob said that blew my mind was that um he goes did he look like he was laying in a coffin and i said oh my god he did oh huh so his his death wasn't an unexpected death but just weird because he didn't move and he was laying on his back with his hands like that and it did look like there was stuff up behind him like a pillow mm-hmm. well first of all it's very new to me I've never heard a, you know, a sleeping ghost story okay but... this is why I decided to reach out to you because I just had strange things that I'd never heard anywhere else so I'm, trying to, I'm thinking you know, if this is a ghost if this is another entity, it almost, wow. Like you almost wonder if, if it's a ghost and I mean, I, it's very, I'm, I'm putting this together in my head. Like, like if he's laying down, like you said, if he was laying as if he was in a coffin, but he came to the place where he was more familiar or something, you know what I mean? Or, or. If yes. Yeah. I took it. Isn't that called residual energy? Oh, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I took it to be that, he came to a place, you know, where he was used to being. And for all I know, maybe I was looking at the other half of that bed the way it used to be or what used to be there. I never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. He wasn't an active ghost. Right. He was just... <laughs> <laughs> and then he was gone. And I'm like, huh. And no one else there saw anything or, or noticed anything? No. Of course not. No, and there wasn't any creepy creaking and popping or, I mean, for some reason, I just, I awoke to realize that someone was in bed with me. Maybe I felt the coldness. I don't know. Yeah. Nah, well, it's it's a really cool story. I like that one a lot. I just, the whole concept <laughs> of, of a sleeping ghost is uh, is really eerie in a way. Yeah. And I'll tell people, I'll say, you know, you talk about strange things that happen to you. And I say, well, I slept with a ghost. And they're like, <laughs> everyone raises that eyebrow. <laughs> it wasn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that was the subject matter, of the, uh, I, I believe, of the email you sent. And I went, huh, <laughs> wonder where this is going to go. Well, I, just because, yes, that, that raises eyebrows and gets a lot of laughs. Yeah. <laughs> well, what are some of these other stories you have? Okay. I'm just going to run through I had a reoccurring dream when I was a kid that after you brought up um, Flannel Man, I'm curious if anyone else saw the crazy Skeletor dude that hung out of the Scooby-Doo milk truck. So this was a, this was something you saw on the cartoon and then. No, uh, no, this is the best way I can describe this. It was one of those small old fashioned milk trucks. And the guy that, that he had long scraggly hair and long bony fingers and, you know, everything. And he had the elongated face like the scream mask, but without the holes and all that, like that shape. And he looked for me. I hid from him in my dreams. I hid in the neighbor's haystack. I, I hid in the ditches. I hid from him. It, sometimes it felt like all night. Hmm. So he was he was really really creepy. It was it was as though he was his upper body would hang out of the milk truck and almost like if he leaned that way it would go that way. It didn't make sense. He wasn't going up and down the roads, but yet he kind of. I mean, he was just like on the outskirts of things, and I'd always hide from him. 
The, the thing that threw me off is when you said Skeletor and then you said Scooby-Doo, and I have had stories now of people <laughs> seeing cartoon characters, which may or may not be something else using that image, you know, to, to appeal to a child, which is super creepy. So to be to yeah, be clear, yeah. this wasn't that. This was oh no, a, for all intents and purposes, real-looking thing. Oh, yeah. He looked like the what you, I mean, like, you know, you hear the people in the South, the boogeyman with the booger. Us growing up where we grew up, you know, I thought it was the, I don't know, call him the booger man, boogeyman. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what he was. Right. About how but many times do you, you think you had this dream growing up? I don't even know. I don't know. Over five. Over five, I, I think. But after some period in time, it just quit. So... But I, I used to, yeah, he came back a lot. Yeah, that's not unusual either for it to, to just stop. Yeah, well, you know, maybe somebody else will uh, email in because I know the, the thing we had on that we just called the nightmare creature, I've had several people email and say that they've seen that same thing. So mm. maybe other people have seen this. Did you ever feel like these were sort of... Um, the, the way I like to call them, like like more real than real life kind of dreams. Did they feel like more? Oh, like like yeah. you, you were awake in them essentially. Oh yes, I was awake, and where I grew up, there was like people had acreages. It was like within a small town, but yet the, they had acreages. So in my and our neighbors had a hay. Oh, I don't know what you call it. It wasn't really a barn, but it had hay back in this you know, like an overhang. And mm-hmm. that was the furthest way away from the road that you could still see the road. And I remember seeing him out there and, and he would just kind of, it was as if he was floating while he was driving that thing around. And he would be, it's like when he leaned over, it's like almost like, I don't remember if the whole milk truck leaned over or if just he leaned over it out so far. And it's like he would lean out away from it, looking for you. So did he, uh, was he wearing some sort of uniform or, or how was he dressed? Uh-uh. Um, I think what I, I didn't pay, because I just remember seeing his face and that elongated face and he, it was like white, kind of like, like a, a like a poplar shirt. Mm-hmm. You know, like with the with the loose sleeves, and the and then I I never saw below like what would be even above his waist because he was leaning out that thing all the time. Oh, okay, gotcha. Do you remember anything about his skin tone or or anything or his hair or anything? He had wild, scary hair, like just past your shoulders or a little bit longer and it was really thinning and it was, you know, gray, gray with maybe some black in it. And it was always kind of, you know, wisping all around and he was, you know, he wouldn't, he didn't have real quick motions. He'd always sweep real slow and slow and methodically looking for you everywhere. And it was just creepy. Did you happen to listen to any of the episodes we did on that nightmare creature thing? I'm not sure if I did. I pretty much binged on your shows so that I would be up to snaps with you. But um, when did you do that one? Oh, I'm, I'm, I, I, <laughs> I do too many to, to uh, keep track. I'd have to look at the list. <clears throat> uh, it, well, was, it wasn't a quiz. The reason I'm asking is because this, this guy kind of sounds very similar to the way they were describing that thing. Uh, they described really? an elongated face and and like the thinning hair, and they said it was just wearing real dirty kind of clothes. Yeah, and just hanging out of that milk truck, and it was just one of those little ones that that people use for ice cream trucks now. Okay. Yeah. It's, wow. Okay. And the, with the rounded front and the because it was more old school, it wasn't. I'd yeah. be interested in, and I'll, and I'll send you the link um, to to the nightmare creature one, and then I'll also be interested to see if anyone else comes up with this uh milk truck detail because it's it's 
to me it sounds you know similar i'm not saying it's definitely the same guy but it sounds similar and yeah. i was i was very surprised that more than one person had seen this uh the, the first fellow who was on gave it an amazing description very an excellent terrifying description oh i remember him and it was as if he would lean over to scope out the different places and you you never it's like he got close to you but yet the you know there wasn't roads there so it's like he could wheel the vehicle to you know kind of almost float around and go but it was looked like it was on the ground but yet i know it doesn't make sense no this it's, is this, some this, some of the stuff just doesn't but uh, yeah but i i just remember hiding everywhere from him and my having my the older neighbor kids in my dream helped me hide from him about when do you think the do you, do you or can you recall about when the dream stopped? I think maybe seven to ten. Yeah, I think see, closer. See, I, I I think that I think the the fellow said the like the nightmare creature thing stopped about when he was ten. It's like because it was. You know, because I had the freedom to go back and forth to my neighbors and stuff. So I was at least, you know, and we did that stuff back then. I mean, it wasn't that far away. Right. Yeah. Um, so I would say, you know, like from four, five-ish, I think five to eight or ten. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. the range of yeah. that. I'll, I'll I'll send you the link to that show because it it sounds you know similar enough. I'm not saying it's it's definitely the same thing, but it sounds very similar. Yeah, and the yeah the reason I told you the scream mess because that was the kind of the shape of that face, and it had the cheekbones with the hollowed out eyes, and it had the it was like he always had a yeah. gaping mouth or just the it was just and he would extend his hand and I think sometimes. He would put his hand up on that mirror at the of the van and just yeah, it was creepy. Yeah, the guy. I believe the first guy said that he described him as having like a goblin kind of look to his face. You know, kind of similar, but he described it as as like drawn and extended, just kind of exactly like what you're describing, really. Awesome. <laughs> He was not happy that actually more people had seen it because it made it more real for him. He was like, oh, no. Oh, I know it was one of those dreams. I mean, when you have a reoccurring dream and when it haunts you, and I remember talking about it with my neighbor. At least I think I talked about it with my neighbor girl, unless she was just always saying, you know, we'll hide you from that thing. But she knew I said something was boogeyman, and she thought it was a, a drunken neighbor that just used to take the long way home. Mm. And no, to me, the boogeyman was that guy. Yeah. And I was always af afraid. And that's it. Yeah. The older neighbor kids would, you know, want me to stay out and roam around further. And I was always afraid to roam too far. Yeah, that would do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, where do you want to go from here? I got one more that's really weird that I've never heard anywhere. All right. Bring it. You're at the right place for it. Okay. All right. Went up fishing, which I like to do um, a lot. Went up with um, this guy, and um, it was just took, I was driving, went up a mountain road, um, and I knew the spot that you could get in the back of this. I just knew a little back road into this, uh, the edge of this creek, so it was off a ways from, you know, the dusty road and went back in there. And as soon as we stopped, then he grabs his stuff and goes hiking downstream a long ways where out of sight, I couldn't see him. And, um, this is like at a place where back in the day they did strip mining. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of rocks and everything everywhere. And so there's a lot of quartz and stuff. And so I can feel energy in that stuff. So I, I stepped up to the creek with my pole and I heard these two, there was like a, over to my right, almost like a, a rise. And I couldn't tell if it was flat or if it just went into like one of those old canals back over in there or something, but it was up over higher than I could see. And it sounded like two of those two voices talking, um, in, you know, 
just out of your range. You sound like two male voices. And so me, I thought, oh, wow, man, your senses must be really good today. Picking up this residual energy. All right, cool. So I go about my fishing and I'm, I'm looking and I spot out a spot and there was a spot where the, the, um, the water had cut into the, it had a really deep pool over in there, back up in there, which is rare. I mean, this isn't a really big creek by any stretch of the means. So that was kind of cool. And it was back over in there and I thought, let's go check over that out. As I'm, I'm, I walk over to it and I just, I have that feeling that, that something's around or, or you're being watched, you know, that feeling. And I'm not thinking anything of it because I wasn't thinking it was anything physical. So I get a couple of snags and I think, oh, to heck with that. The fish aren't even biting anyway. I'll, I'm not, I wasn't liking the feeling that I was getting there. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, I'll just make my way back across the creek and, and go back over by my Jeep. And I walk over. Well, you have to go through like, you know, uh, almost to your knees in some places, but mid shin rushing water. So it's kind of, you know, treacherous and you pick your feet through it and pick your, you know, steady your foot before you take another step. Well, as I'm doing that, I'm feeling like someone wants to push me from behind. And in my head, I'm telling them, I'm getting out of here. Leave me alone. Don't you dare. You know, because I think this is all in my head. And so I walk, I make my way over to the creek. And so then I decide that I'll just stay in this little, oh, it was a little tiny sandbar where you could tell that the spring water had gone over and usually you can find some neat rocks there. So I thought, well, I'll sit and, you know, rock hound while I'm waiting for my guy friend to get back here. So I'm standing there and I, and I put my, I put my back to my Jeep because I felt the stuff from the other side is the way I felt it was. It was over there and to my left. And so I kind of face off. So I've got my back to my Jeep and, and I'm looking with my feet about, oh, maybe a foot apart, maybe a foot, foot and a half apart. And I hear this, what sounds like, you know, when you take a gourd and you put the stuff in it and it's like, yeah, like yeah. that, mm-hmm. where it sounds like extremely dry grass being shaken just as hard as you can. So it, I whip my head around over my right shoulder, and I see there's grass there, but it wasn't the kind of grass that would make that sound. There was no branches that would make that sound. There was no, you know, I'm looking, and I'm like, and I just stuck my hands up, and I said, okay, I'm leaving here in a minute, just a minute. And about that time, as I'm looking over my shoulder, I hear a thud that sounds like about oh, the size of a brick rock is what it sounded like to me. But I must have felt the reverberation because I didn't look anywhere but between my two feet. And when I looked down between my two feet, there was an elk print the size of like a domestic cow. And believe me, I, I looked over everything there before I ever stepped foot on the and I, I look for tracks. I look for that stuff. There was nothing. Hmm. That's did, it. Did, did anything else That's happen? It. So, so that was it. You just no. Your, your friend came and no, you left. No, I and... just I just had an uneasy feeling, and then shortly after that, then he showed up, and I let's go. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what That's state it. is what state is this? Idaho. Idaho still. I have collected stories of ghost elk in Pennsylvania. Really? Yeah, yeah. It was just really weird. I felt like when I walked over to that little hole, something in my head said that this was a sacred spot. I don't know what that means. I this is just how I felt at the time, and or how I tried to reason whatever it was. And I have I have a little bit of Indian in me, so I thought, well, and I have dark hair, and uh huh. So, and I felt it threatening behind me, but I didn't see anything. But it physically put something right between my feet that wasn't even physically like, you know, something of super speed coming up and putting a rock there or something. How do you put an elk print there? And how do you make that sound that harsh? I mean, it made me whip around as if someone was, it sounded like they were 10 feet behind me shaking those little 
gourd shaker thingies. And you don't have rattlesnake there? Oh, there's rattlesnakes, but that wasn't a rattlesnake. Wasn't a rattlesnake. Okay. You know what rattlesnakes sound oh, like, no. I guess, should be the question. So, so oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. It was just a little bit crazy. Yeah. What? Well, I just, I love the detail of the elk bread. I don't, you know, <laughs> I've got no explanation for you, but. Uh, At that point, thing. I just stuck my head, hands up in the air, like, okay, okay, <laughs> I'm leaving. So did it look like an elk literally stepped there? It did. Yeah. Wow. And it was it so, was deep. So not like someone's impression of like, a, I'm going to try to make something that looks like an elk print. It looked like an elk print. Oh, no. It looked just like one. And it was like the size of my of the palm of your hand. It was huge. <laughs> and deep. And a single one. And then another elk print around me. And a single one right in the middle of my feet. Oh yeah, that, I should have asked. Was there, uh, you know, any other elk prints? But you're, you, you beat me to it, so there weren't. Oh well, I, <laughs> I look before I even step on the sand. I, I'm always looking for everything to see what walked across there, what came. I mean, it was pretty grainy, granuly sand. You wouldn't pick up little animals unless you were right up where it's wet along the creek. But yeah, you would have seen deer tracks or coyote or wolf anything with a little bit of weight you'd see it mm-hmm. but not like that oh, wow. it was it was like oh, i'm so bad at measuring it's about it was about an inch deep maybe or more it was shoved in their heart so did you feel like your attention was drawn away and then Yes. For the purpose of whatever, to to leave the track there or something, and then you look back and it's there. Yes, and I didn't even turn around completely. I didn't move my feet. I jerked around and looked over my shoulder because I was kind of facing that way a little bit, so I had the angle that way and jerked that way, and then I'm looking that way, wondering what could have made that noise, looking around to try and make rational sense of it. And then whatever it was made me jerk around and see it was right there wow yeah see the the, the ghost elk stories are some of my favorite especially when i find them in this area because we haven't had elk haven't been here in 200 years or something so yeah when uh i, when... Saw, I saw what i thought to be like a brown blur but that could have been my hair too mm-hmm. in hindsight it's like i can i can i can say that but that could have all been my hair too Sure, yeah. For all I know, I sure did jerk fast enough to make that so. Well, yeah, that's a neat story. I don't, you know, I don't know what it was, but uh, (laughs) very neat. And we will get back to our interview with B in just a minute. I do want to thank our patrons at this time. Patrons, thank you so much. Without you, we could not do Strange Familiars. At this point, you are our only sponsors. You're our only support. So thank you so much. If you like what we do here at Strange Familiars, and you want to help us continue to make Strange Familiars and get extra content besides, you can become a patron at Patreon. That's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. The first tier is $3 a month. At $3 a month, you get extra shows. We do at least one full extra episode of Strange Familiars every month. Sometimes we do more. I did more in December. Always try to do more, but I can't always do more. It's only so much time. But we do at least one full episode of Strange Familiars. There are other levels of support as well. You can get things like t-shirts, copies of my books, CDs, artwork, and more. Check it out at Patreon patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. If you don't like the idea of a monthly subscription like Patreon and you still want to help with a little donation, at strangefamiliars.com in the show notes under every episode is a paypal.me link. That's an excellent way to help as well. Everyone can help by sharing the show on social media, by liking and subscribing wherever you're listening, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, whatever podcatcher you use and by leaving us those nice five-star reviews because they help get the show in front of new potential listeners. 
so this happened again. This was in 2010. I'm a snooze button hitter. And so this was back. I still had an alarm clock because I liked my snooze button. (laughs) And it was a a radio alarm. Then the radio would come on and kind of wake you up a little bit. And so this is what I thought happened. And I thought that I had heard an early morning news story. So go through the day, get home, I'm sitting and for some reason my mom decides to call me and she says, I was just thinking about you today and I needed to call you for some reason. She goes, I heard about all those awful storms that are going on right now and I don't know, I just thought about you. And I said, oh yeah, mom, I heard about those this morning. And she said, wait, those didn't happen until this afternoon. And I just, and then it hit me how it came to me. And I just started crying. I said, now wait. I said, tell me this. I said, this was in Oklahoma. And there was three of them, right? And she said, yes. And that's when I started crying. Yeah. That was a weird one. It was as if this lady was standing in front of me. I can remember it. But it's as if she was almost standing in, in like the, the outskirts of the tornado where she's getting her hair thrown and stuff's kind of flying by her. And she's telling me about it. And that's how. In I your dream, it. she's telling you about. Yes, that was like a premonition, but mm-hmm. I didn't even know I had it until after the fact. Well, yeah, I was just talking with the guy I talked to earlier about the uh, precognitive dreams. I saw a presentation that basically said that our brains are kind of quantum computers. We order time in a linear fashion, basically, so we don't go insane. But time doesn't really work that way. It's kind of all stacked together. So. Uh, according to th- this presentation I saw, which was really, really neat, precognitive dreams are a thing. Like you, your brain can access this information, but it, it gives it to you sometimes in, in weird ways. Yeah. I've I've had relatives that have had siblings pass away, and they've had the dream prior to the to it warning them that it's going to happen. I've, I've known of two of my cousins that had that happen. Um, The one that I was talking about with my grandmother, when my grandmother passed away, I lived like 30 minutes away and I didn't make it in time to say goodbye to her. And prior to her leaving, I had gotten angry at her for the first time ever. I'd gotten angry because she was having a hard time and she wouldn't agree to move into my parents' home to make it easier on my mom. So I had gotten really upset. I had gotten upset with her. And so that was my last interaction with her. And that was weighing heavily on me. And she came to me in a dream. And it was, there was an iridescent blue background. And I remember seeing her and saying, oh, I'm so happy to see you. I was so worried. And all of the things are said with no mouths moving. But you say things back and forth, like, you know, and she was like, it's, it's okay. I understand that that type of, you know, and we hugged and I woke up in the morning and I journaled about it so that I would remember it. And I told my mom, I said, I know you've got a picture there somewhere of grandma looking like this. And I went to her house that day and we looked and I found it and she was 18 years old. Oh, wow. She didn't have her glasses. She didn't need her glasses. She looked young, youthful, her hair, her hair was always salt and pepper, but it was all black and no glasses and in a favorite, one of her favorite dresses. But you recognized her as your grandmother. Did you, did you recognize her yes. based on appearance or just like you just knew from the, the feeling I just of knew. Yeah. Yeah. I just knew. And I, I had another strange one for you too. My son has, Okay. If you've got a minute, I'll go into this one for you. Sure. I'm driving home on a, on a rainy night, and where I lived was kind of in the mountains. And I had loose lug nuts in my um, car. I had a Suburban at the time. And I have loose lug nuts that morning on my way in. And my now ex-husband was supposed to fix those for me. And someone tightened them up for me and checked them for me, like at the tire store. And then I did my errands and stuff, and he was supposed to check them again before I left. And I had my two boys, 
who are three years apart and the oldest one's best friend in there with me. And it was pouring rain and it was pitch black. And it just, I was angry that he didn't do that. And I was worried. And I was silently crying in the front seat. And my youngest son from the back seat, he was probably four at the time. And he said, Mommy, my friends say that it's all going to be okay. And I said, what? He said, my friend's here, and he says that everything's going to be okay. Hmm. I said, who's your friend? He said, well, there was a couple of them, but what, they come in, but they don't use the windows or doors. <laughs> and they come in, and one comes in, and then the other one goes. I said, oh. He said, but they say it's all going to be okay. Did he ever relate any other communications from these? Yes, he he used to he used to have. Um, yes, there's more, there's more. But he relayed that one on a good. Um, he saw full apparitions in his youth. He used to tell me that the mad bears were going to get him, and so he wanted to sleep in my room. Hmm. And you hear and you hear people talk about how ghostly voices are gravelly. Mm-hmm. And he said they used to say his name. Oh, that's creepy. And he saw a dark entity that he described as the um, Grim Reaper type come into the downstairs, which was a, a, a daylight basement. And he told him to leave. And and at the time, he, his cousins were there, and he, he said that the other kids had seen it, too. And at that time, he was 10, I believe. Well, I had this old ceiling tile that was like an old-school ceiling tile that had been highlighted so that you could see the, the detail on it. Mm-hmm. And I had it so it was square on the wall. But my son took me down there. And, and this out of a 10-year-old. And he says, he says, Mom, I turned that on purpose. As long as we live in this house, whatever you do, don't take that down. And what he had done was turned it, and it formed a cross. Huh. Were you all particularly religious, or did this kind of come out of nowhere? We talked about God. We didn't regularly go to church. We not as religious as they should be, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But it was instilled in him, and, and, but not to that degree. Right. Like, he, he knew what to do. Wow. And did you leave it that way? I did. Yeah, until, I, I think I would have as well. Until the last time I walked out that door. Yeah, I think I would have as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Had a crazy friend with um, that messed around with. There's a something that you can smoke that's close to, um, like what the Indians used to smoke. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that. And this guy used to do that a lot. And when he was around, yes, I had. There was creepy things that happened when that man was around. I saw, like, you would see it in a cartoon how. Someone's sitting up one moment and they fall so fast that they're on the floor the next. Mm-hmm. That that happened in front of me, and I was frozen in fear in my in my place. And my friend grabbed me and pulled me out of the room. So that man had dabbled in some things that just were not right. I think he'd opened some veils because I also had he and another. There was a a small group of friends over at my house one night and I walked out in the back and I saw what to me looked like creepy little red eyes looking through the fence slats. And I thought you're just seeing things cause that's where your mind goes. So I looked all around to make sure that the light didn't do it right. And then in my mind, I just said, if you're evil, go away. And those red lights went away. And I went, okay, ran back in the house and creepy guy that, I said had messed with stuff too far, and this I heard on your on your show. Someone else said he went out there. He goes, "I'll go talk to it. I'll I'll go take care of this." And he came in and he said, "They say that your light 
shines so bright that they're drawn to you. That's interesting. And I don't remember who it was that that, that said that yeah. on your show, but I, I remember hearing it. Yeah, I like I said, I talk to so many people, I start losing track. But yes, yeah, so did he give any explanation as to what it was, or he just kind of... No, but the most closest thing, and I saw another creepy thing when we were at his apartment, and I was out on the balcony, and I saw something, I felt it. I felt it, something coming close to me that, you know, that, that feeling, that ominous doom, you know, the creepy feeling. And I don't, something, okay, it felt as though it was in my mind's eye, but yet I saw it clearly. It looked as though a creepy, like the size of um, a raccoon bat-like thing. It had legs like a bat and it scurried on and I, and I heard it scurry. And that creeped me out, and I did this thing, and I ran in, the, and it, I ran in. But what this reminds me of the closest that I ever heard was um, Kat Hansen said something about the veil, and the the um, things being able to go from one veil to another, so that you'll see creepy things that you can could never even have imagined. But she said that if you tell them to go away, they'll go away. Yeah, I know Soraya has told people. So every now and then doing this, you'll get somebody that writes you in a in a kind of, uh, they're upset, they're panicked, they've got something that's bothering them that they feel is supernatural and they want help. You know, it's just, it's the nature of this. Yes, because when, when I felt that, I panicked and, and ran and didn't know what to do. And, and if it's really something that horrible, it's going to go through walls. The way these things look, they should have been able to go through walls. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know. There's something. Sometimes there seems to be some kind of sanctity to the the idea of walls. Um, I often point to the fact that you know people have these horrible Bigfoot experiences while camping, and they're in little nylon tents, and the creatures never go through the tent. You know, they could. I find that creepy as hell too. And I showed that picture to my friends, and they were like, "Okay, we're not going back there." <laughs> but it's because I. It's almost as if sometimes things have to be invited in. Now, not always, of course, but it seems like sometimes. I agree. Yeah, but and that uh, man, I believe, was inviting them in. It could have been to some degree. It could have been. I mean, after he left, I felt um, something creepy about my mirror. My cat would go to my mirror and hiss and carry on about it. So I put I put holy water on it. My my son had a out of body dream he said that he was and my son lives with me and he said that he heard someone calling him out or calling his name and he said there was two dark figures outside and large and then there was another one down closer to the side of the house which would have been where my mirror is (laughs) and they were and they were trying to get him to come out and he told them to leave so he he said that he got the feeling that it was something attached to the land, which we live in the middle of town now. So could very well be. I got some holy water and covered everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as I was saying, um, I know like Soraya's advice when people contact him is is often just just tell it to stop, which it has an actual remarkable success rate for people. I uh, just just say stop it. I, stop doing stop doing I this. Agree. Mm-hmm. And it seems as though it's like everything else that you freeze in the moment and you don't realize that you have that power. It absolutely could be the case. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess the religious would say we we have dominion over this stuff. I think Soraya would put it down to more that uh it's our own mind in some way either doing it all or interacting with this stuff. To me, it kind of doesn't matter. What works, works. <laughs> I don't believe it's fully our mind um, interacting with it. I mean, I don't know. Our mind is so much more than anybody gives it credit. They do mm-hmm. and they don't. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, it's it's like I, I've given up thinking about too much. Um, I shouldn't say that because I haven't. But uh, it it almost doesn't matter to me, I should say. Because, you know, what works, works. You know, it's like uh, I often say for me, 
you know, the Virgin Mary, it just works. I, it doesn't matter yeah. to, to me if it's, if you tell me it's, you know, an actual religious figure, if you tell me it's just a symbol, whatever you say it is, I, I don't care. It works. You know, I, it, like I'm, I'm beyond trying to logic it at this point. Well, I was at my friend's house and um, I was standing in the kitchen and I was all by myself and, and we'd been drinking and, you know, it felt as though I was in a bubble and I looked to look across the room and I couldn't really see everything was kind of blurry and I, I chalked it off to that. Well, it happened to me another day when I didn't have anything in my system and I'm standing there and, you know, I'd been watching creepy shows and I looked across the room and I'm feeling the same feeling again and I said, hey, you know, get, and then I turned around and looked and there was like, oh, maybe a foot by two foot thing uh, that looked like static, like old school TV. Mm -hmm. And it moved and, and went away from me. But I was creeped out to say the least. The sort of unnatural looking things are almost or more disturbing I think than than seeing like a figure of of a human for instance or what could yeah be. yeah I had so many different strange things that I've seen and felt and you know everything else that don't even <laughs> they're all over the chart of everything yeah and I think that's yeah. I don't know if it's more common than people who, but it's getting, it's, I guess it's getting more common for people to talk about, uh, and the multiple experience here, the people, and and it's, you know, on shows like mine, on, on these, you know, the other shows like mine that, that are out there, where people are actually talking about this now, and you find, you know, it's not so unusual to have someone who's seen a ghost and a UFO, or seen, you know, a, a yeah. Bigfoot, and had several other experiences, different experiences throughout their life. Um, it, my, you know, it tends to, it, I mean, it's a thing for sure. It's a thing. My speaking of those kind of creepy things, my youngest son had a bright light and missing time. And my oldest son, we were up camping and he and his buddy had their tent down closer to the creek. And, um, he said he saw an alien and it was like in a bubble and it made, you know, hand gestures at him, but he said he was, like, frozen. Well, what, he didn't tell me about that until actually very recently, but what he said, I remember as if it happened yesterday, he said that when that went away and it, you know, went off, that there was a big, huge boom, and I, everybody heard the big, huge boom. We, we didn't know what was going on. We heard just a huge, huge, like a sonic boom. Mm -hmm. Everyone did. But what's odd is that we all heard that and everyone was, whoa, whoa, crazy. And he comes walking back from over there, but yet he didn't say a word to anyone about what he'd seen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes it takes people a little while to talk. And sometimes I'll only talk to certain people, too. Yeah. Yeah. There's all kinds of interesting stuff out there. If those many things have touched my life alone, it's just crazy to think what's really... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, the world is a far more unusual place than, <clears throat> than uh, our, our school books would have us believe, for sure. <laughs> all right, B. Well, thank you for sharing your stories. You're welcome. Thank right. you for listening. It was kind of, you know, interesting to talk about the whole realm of all those strange things. Oh, yeah. And, and keep us posted because uh, I have a feeling there's going to be more. Thanks for listening, everybody. Again, if you want to get the photo of the week, the graveside morning photo, Check strangefamiliars.com for the show notes under this episode where we will have a link to our Etsy shop where we will be selling that photograph. Before we go, I wanted to thank Laura who sent Chad and I these awesome, I guess you'd call those wreaths, this sort of a, a wreath-like thing made, made out of a 
of wood, mm-hmm. which she hand painted. And she sent us ornaments, which I love. Thank you, Laura, so much. It was awesome presence. And thank you for supporting Strange Familiars. We'll be back soon with another episode of Strange Familiars. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music, books, art, podcasts, and more. DarkHollerArts.com. Intro and background music is by Stonebreath. You can find more at stonebreath.bandcamp.com. You can find Strange Familiars on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars, where you can also join the Strange Familiars gathering group. And we are on Instagram, at strangefamiliars. In the early 90s, when I was really little, one night I remember being scared of something and for some reason just wanted to sleep on the floor in my parents' room. So grabbed a pillow and a blanket and I put them down on the floor and I went to bed and I remember distinctly waking up, not being asleep or having this as a dream or anything like that, and looking towards the window and for some reason the window was very bright even though there weren't any lights or anything like that in the backyard and in the second story window all I could see was a silhouette of something with a really big head. I remember when I was little that I would be really freaked out by anything with aliens in it like when the X-Files came out that was weird to me and You know, the book Communion obviously freaked me out. But I remember when I saw this thing, it just, it didn't belong there. And I don't remember falling back asleep. And I just remember being very unsettled, uh, very scared, not to the point of running and screaming or anything like that, just frozen with fear. I don't really tell too many people this story because it seems kind of crazy. And I don't really know what to make of it. I remember having like a sort of a raised welt kind of thing, like a discoloration on my ribs uh, shortly thereafter, and it was about half an inch wide by about two inches long. It was really weird. I'm not saying I was abducted and experimented on or anything like that, but I don't know what else to make of any of that. It's just very strange.